0: Corden, from Alcatraz, right out of Fife, Scotland, you're listening to Films and Swearing, with your hosts, Magic Mike Christie, and me, Big Sean Connery, and you wee fuds are listening to episode 258. Well. Wow! Jesus, wasn't awfully nice of Sean to give us that wee... Recording before he passed away last August. I say, um, I say, Big Sean. It was bit more of a pirate,
1: but yeah, you sounded almost like you were between a pirate and Irish.
0: Yeah, it it sounded a lot better when I was practicing practicing it in the car today. Ah, right. It's me, Sean Connery. Nope, nah, I've no feeling (laughs) it. I've channeled him from the dead.
1: Welcome to The Rock. Yeah, well, I never, never quite expected that. No. Anyway,
0: today on the podcast, uh, shit continues to get real as we return to the action genre of 1996 to complete our double bill with The Rock from director Michael Bay. Oh, Yes. And, uh, obviously, for a wee warm-up, if my uh, butchering of Sean Connery's accent wasn't enough, we need to acknowledge the passing of a few Hollywood actors since our last recording. The big one for us, like, we've got three to talk about, but the big one is the passing of Yafet Koto. Last Friday,
1: it was. Yeah,
0: and... BBC obviously labelled it as a uh, James Bond villain and alien actor dies at uh, age 81. But we kind of remember him more for, for other films. Yeah. Uh, because that's so the guy. had quite a lot of credits. But I guess maybe he is best known for playing a villain in uh, Live and Let Die.
1: I've not seen like, much of the Bond films. Like, I do like, remember I'm, like, being credited in it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's always, kind of, like, forgetful, like, you know, seeing that he was in. Like, play the Bond villain and stuff. But obviously, Weekend in knew him with, like, Alien and... Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking... Oh, yeah, Running Man. Yep. And... Of uh, course. ...Minute Run. Yes. I think he did other fucking stuff. I've seen him in and that, but well,
0: as they highlighted uh, one of his most notable uh, roles outside of movies was in the U.S. TV police drama *Homicide: Life on the Street*. Mm-hmm. So I think he dedicated a lot of his time to that. But
2: yeah. I've seen a lot of people like,
1: on Twitter sharing like photos, of, like stills from um, a film he done in the '70s with Harvey Keitel and Richard Pryor. Hmm.
2: Uh, I can never remember
1: the fucking name of it. Pretty sure it's available in Blu ray in the UK as well, and it's always a fun that I kind of looked at and I'm kind of like, hmm, I might actually track that down and see if it's actually any good. I can't remember what it's fucking called.
2: Aye.
0: Well, it sounds like alright casting.
1: Yeah, because like, I think it's like mid 70s as well, so Harvey tell, what, like, was it Aye. 73? Is it 73 that done Mean Streets way the Niro and Scorsese? Uh,
0: maybe around well, then.
1: Must have been Mhm. So you're kind of fairly young in that as well. I mean, Richard Pryor was fucking bag at the time as well.
2: Yeah.
0: Aye, uh, because that's it. He was... It, it's really, like, out of the three roles between, like, Running Man, um, Alien and Midnight Run, I think he really gets his chance to shine in Midnight Run as... Uh, Agent Moseley. Yeah. Like, just how he, how he gets pushed to the edge so much with, like, Robert De Niro's character, to just, like, where he steals his identity, and everyone just fucking falls for it. And whenever, they're like, who are you supposed to be? He's like, I'm Moseley! And he's fucking snapping his sunglasses, and... Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a fucking pinnacle role. Other than uh, Running Man, where he's cutting about in yellow spandex.
1: And then obviously, like, Alien was probably. Did you say Alien was his biggest role? Like, as Parker?
0: Uh, maybe. That definitely got to be one of the most significant, like, outside of, like, that this Bond film. Because that's yeah. it. He's there for, like, one of the most memorable scenes in fucking cinema history, like, The chestburster. Burster. He's right there, like, in all. like obviously it's the whole crew are, but in all the photos, it's the look on his face, the look of what the fuck am I witnessing?
1: Yeah.
0: But it was definitely, it was one of those things where it was like, it was sad to see his name pop up on the you know, the, the news feed.
1: Yeah. I guess really, whenever I'm on like Twitter and I see like, an actor that's, like a, that's got like a significant age and I see they're trending and I'm like, no, 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 no.
2: Yeah, no, exactly. Really.
1: And I immediately will
0: go and fucking like just to make sure. And do you notice the the common trend when you click on it? And it's a false alarm. There's always this GIF of Denzel Washington, like putting a hand to his chest, going "Phew." And it's yeah. like the amount of times there's like Ric Flair, like "Oh fuck," click on it, and it's just a GIF of Denzel going Phew, "No." <laughs> and then earlier this week, we found out about uh, George Seagal. The U.S. actor who was nominated for his performance in *Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf* uh, passed away at the age of 87 due to surgery complications. Poor bastard died on the table.
1: Uh, Trying to think, like obviously, like Michelle watches like the Goldbergs and all that, and I told her yesterday morning, I said, "Oh, the grandpa, the Goldbergs, like died," and she was like, "Oh." I'm trying Aye. to think of the Fucking obviously, we we spoke about him briefly, and the Cable Guy uh, podcast because he played the Matthew as dad. And what? The Cable Guy. Cable Guy, wait. Uh, how, uh, we how, done the cable, uh, he was uh, Matthew as dad. How did I not see that?
0: Okay, because like I said this guy is like a heavy TV actor. Uh, the majority of his credits is series. And it had like, sporadically like little films in between it. Now, obviously, 120 acting credits all together. But yeah. the the ones that kind of jumped to the front when I was scanning through his IMDb was uh, 2012. And uh, the Look Who's Talking trilogy.
1: Yeah, it uh, played uh, fucking Albert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh,
0: to me, the most that I recognise him from is from one of those television series that they used to show on Channel 4 in the mornings oh, called
1: Just moment, Shoot Me. Uh, Just Shoot Me with David Spade and it. I used to watch that yeah. all the time, man. I, he in was the morning, like, when, I used to, like, when I first moved into fucking my like, first flat, I used to get up in the morning. It was, it was that. It was like uh, everybody loves Raymond and mm-hmm. so I right. always, always watch Just Shoot Me. I thought it was fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm.
0: And he was Jack Gallo, like the head of the paper. Yeah, uh, it's just like one. Like, so that's what I fucking recognise him from. You're always like, I can that country somewhere, and you just forget. It's like one fucking TV series mm. that you fucking watched every day, regardless. And then, literally an hour before we started the podcast, uh, we got news that Jessica Walter of uh, Arrested Development fame, uh, dies aged 80. -hmm. Uh, A working actor for over six decades, her greatest pleasure was bringing joy to others through her storytelling on screen and off. She was best known for playing the icy matriarch in the Arrested Development TV series. She uh, won an Emmy uh, for the police drama Amy Pretence in the 70s. Um... I feel she's also another cat that's just always been in TV more than film. Uh, yeah. Okay, let's see. She was in uh, Clint a East, Clint Eastwood film in 1971. His directorial debut uh, Play Misty For Me, which that uh, earned
1: That is a fucking film that I've been wanting to see for ages. It's, it's like it's him going up against a serial killer. All right i uh, uh, but and it's like I'm, all, like, I'm always checking like fucking TCM on like uh, Tivo just to aye. see if it's on. The, you know, it's going to show fucking Clint Eastwood films there, eh? but exactly. it shows every Clint Eastwood film that there is. It's fucking that. <laughs>
0: That's how it is, uh, uh Yeah, I was I was wrecking through my uh, Tivo the other night, just seeing what films were coming out, and I noticed. The horror channel was showing a uh, Dead Zone. Ah
1: oh, well, Christmas, I've got that recorded.
0: Yes. I got record
1: before Christmas. So
0: that's coming back on uh, so I thought fuck it, just take that. I'll, I'll record that and I think I've got the final girls as well. Yeah, i what I've got there.
1: I've got fucking I've got that I've got like Halloween three sitting there. Um, True Lies. I've got like the hmm. nineteen ninety remake uh, Night of Living Dead. Oh And like right. Drag like Drag My Hell. I've still never seen Drag My Hell, so that Yeah. I've never seen it. Ah, it's so. not bad. I, I
0: enjoyed it for for when I watched it ages ago. Well yeah. It was streaming anyway. But so yes, they are Uh, the people that have passed away since our last recording. Now, as we get to the main meat of the show, obviously, if you haven't seen Michael Bay's The Rock, we're not going to say anything derogatory and make fun of you, but we will warn you. So, we'll just ignore these YouTube adverts. So yes, we are going to talk about Pretty much all of this film, I'd imagine. So, nothing is sacred. Everything is getting spoiled. So here now is your spoiler warning for the episode. Yes, that is music played straight from YouTube into a microphone. This is giving you enough time to think. Have I seen The Rock? That film with Sean Connery and Nicholas Cage. And if you have continue on with the show because yeah it's getting spoiled and I apologize if I'm going to be a little slurry tonight because I am drinking a bottle of beer that was uh, stronger than I thought so and I haven't had anything to eat since like a McDonald's at three o'clock this afternoon so this episode should be something when it comes to editing but anyway Mike Are you there? I am indeed. Good. Uh, The Rock from director Michael Bay. Easily one of the famous names in Hollywood directing. The man behind many a Hollywood blockbuster. Right now it confirms that he has 59 directing credits. Yeah,
1: but not all of them are films.
0: Yes, exactly. Uh, from the year 1989 to 1995, you had uh, roughly 40 music videos. And I mean, he directed for the lot Meatloaf, Tina Turner, Lionel Richie, Vanilla Ice, and Donny Osmond. Well, that's a
2: completely different
1: that's of year one. Yeah. So obviously, was 1995.
2: There, was uh, there a Michael Jackson in there? I yeah,
0: possibly. Uh, that might have been after 1995. Because he still kind of continued. Like, There's, I think, a couple Aerosmith songs he did in and around Armageddon. Did he direct a
1: video for that as well? That's what surprised me. Exactly.
0: Just done it whilst on set. <laughs> um, so, yes. His feature debut film came in 1995 in the form of Bad Boys. And I mean, like, just what a fucking film to start off with.
2: Yeah. So.
0: And then, following year, kicks into high gear with The Rock from 1996. Okay, so the cast of The Rock, we have Sean Connery as. John Patrick Mason, crazy ass Nicholas Cage as Stanley Goodspeed, Ed Harris as Francis, sorry, General Francis Hummel, John Spencer as FBI Director Womack, David Morse as Major Tom Baxter, William Forsyth as Ernest Paxton, Michael Bean as Commander Anderson, and uh, Vanessa Marcel as Carla. Carla uh, Pestileosy.
1: That's a talent to
0: asteroid. Right? Yes, I especially after having a, fucking half a bottle of McEwen's Champion. Mm. But Pestileosy almost made me think back to that Edinburgh brewery we went to. Ah uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I can't quite remember the name of it, but it sounded like her surname. Anyway, Mike, what is the
1: plot to the Rock? So ah. Uh disgruntled army general or former army general decides to take Alcatraz and all its tourists hostage and it's up to a FBI special chemicals like special weapon chemical expert and a group of fucking marines to break in and save them plus the only man to escape Alcatraz and it has to be Sean fucking Connery yes with a very you know Long, you know, long, long haircut. They were getting in the film.
0: Yes, definitely. There was no barbers allowed near him for a while.
1: Yeah, it's
0: all cunt coming out of lockdown. Aye,
1: it's fucking me, the new man. Honestly, like my hair's not been done since I like, the very end of November, beginning in December. Aye. And like, like, whenever I go in the shower And I come out like, my, my fucking fringe like, You right down Like past my eyes To my nose And all that
0: <laughs> Like a L'Oreal Out of it Whipping your hair Yeah
1: out. I, I Fucking Taking it at the cat
0: <laughs> Yeah Honestly, I've not had a haircut Since December But I've, I'm losing my hair now So I'm not getting that long but
1: Yeah
0: It's just not growing back
1: she, like Fucking Shelly cut my hair Twice last year And she fucked up And I'm like nah, it's not happening this year Oh <laughs> uh, I'm fucking! I'm letting it, kinda. Of, it's only a couple of weeks before the hairdressers had a load on. Yeah, so, that's
0: it. sometime in April.
1: i would be, be a case that you probably haven't to fucking book my hair getting done.
0: Oh yeah, you. That's it. They'll be getting hammered for the next four weeks. But that's got fuck all to do with the rock. In short, Mike, what do you think of the film?
1: I mean, I've fucking seen it countless times, and I, it is my favorite Michael Bay film. Mm. I think it's Michael Bay's best film. Oh, right. And just because obviously the fact that fucking, you know, I've seen it, in earlier years, I think I must have been about eleven when it came out. So, and again, we got it through fucking walkers and all that. Absolutely. Thing, like, if Walker's the still hanging, thing, like, we should be going to them saying, look, like, we want you to sponsor our podcast because we fucking big you up every single week.
0: <laughs> uh, you know, in a future <laughs> where you weren't destroyed by Netflix. Yeah.
1: You'd still be king. What is it? Is there it's a fucking... Is that uh, an optician? It's an optician, ah, definitely. It was, uh, because that's it. It was
0: definitely the first shop after Iceland's, wasn't it?
1: Aye, yeah,
0: yeah, it was. Yeah. Aye, that's it. times time I was like, man, maybe I just want to walk in at opticians just to kind of get those vibes. They'd be trying to sell <laughs> me glasses. No, I'm just thinking about videotapes, Hen, it's all right. I'm trying
1: to think of the play because when you walked in, there was a wee cabinet as soon as you walked in, and that had like your like, ex rental they were trying to sell and all that. Ah. And I, oh, I remember oh, they I... had the, in the horrible. Plastic
2: cases. Yeah, it wasn't like,
1: like, like the hard plastic. It was like a flimsy plastic.
0: It was something that you could flip through, like it was like vinyl records, but it was like a
1: ah.
0: a big plastic yeah. sleeve that had the cover of the the tape inside it, and you would just take that to the counter. Yeah. But I remember when you go in, on the right hand side, it would be plastered with movie posters, I, and it was yeah. always something like the fucking Brady Bunch movie. Or something, ran some random film with Tom Arnold. It was always yeah. nothing interesting, but it was just always what you would picture as soon as you go in with just this montage of fucking film posters.
1: Yeah. And then obviously the middle bit is when they had the, it was just literally the, the front covers of the films that they were renting, like their back catalogue. Aye.
0: Know. And then the glass cabinet at the front, like on the left-hand side. With all, like, the hot items in it. Uh with your new titles. Aye, I just mind sitting looking. I could see, like, Jackie Chan's The First Strike in there, which is relevant because that was 1996, but yeah. I think. But I just mind seeing those tapes behind the glass going, oh, there's many Jackie Chan films. I want to have a look at those. I used to, have to, oh,
1: I used to always sit with my mum or my dad on, like, a Friday for school, like, oh, right, when you're in leaving the day, go to Walkers and pre-order this for the next weekend release. I <laughs> as, 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 as like, try and get it for the Saturday, that way I can watch it on the Saturday and the Sunday. You know, <laughs> get it for the Friday and I'll fucking take it back down the road on the Saturday and get something different because I think if you handed it back in you got your money, or you got money off your next purchase. Ah, sort of uh, so
0: go can... for a twofer. Hmm. Aye. Yeah, I, to be honest, I think what, it's only happened twice where I think we went down and like pre-ordered a film. I think that was Beethoven and Home Alone 3. Because as a kid, a fucking sequel to Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, I need to see what's happening next. And then when you convince your auntie Beth to buy it and you get there and you watch it, and it's like, wait, that's a different kid.
1: Ah, did we know? Did we know? Rent it, like, did we know? Get that and Beverly Hill Ninja the same weekend? Maybe.
0: I think we also convinced her to get us the quest at one point as well.
1: Aye, ah, yeah. When it was mistakenly rated a twelve.
0: Hmm. She put up like with a lot with us. Like, oh man, I have to sit and watch these fucking films.
1: Aye, ah, she never. Like, she never ventured into, like, I never ever ventured into horror. Where it was always just. Like you say for action, often, like pulp fiction, and
0: fucking <laughs> and all that, just all that shit. Aye, that's it. Just nothing traumatizing. Ah. Anyway, back to the rock. I too think this is a fucking great film. I was gonna say a great little film. It is not little. It is a big film. A lot yeah. fucking happens. Things blow up. Things go flying in the air as they blow up. There's fucking chemical warfare. Nicolas Cage on the cusp of becoming Nicolas Cage. An absolute fucking mental actor that we know today. Like, he was still he has, semi-normal.
1: Yeah, he is a bit mild-mannered at the start of this one,
0: eh? Yeah, aye, and, but it's just kind of as it goes, he gets a little bit more loopier. Yeah. And I think it's also, it's just the circumstances. I'm pretty sure Michael Bay just probably told him, just lean into it. let Like, just get further into the cage. Let us see what's there. But it is, it's definitely a fucking cracking film. And yeah, fucking Sean Connery pulls his weight in it as well. For like, when you look at him, like, man, you feel like, oh, maybe he's, he's passed all of his big roles. But this is it mid to late 90s, they still hand him a fucking... a good part, and he knocks it out of the park. Hmm. So, uh, I feel like we've pretty much answered my second question was, uh, how did we see the film for the first time? And I feel like, at that stage it was, we were either renting it for Walkers, or someone was giving us a copy of it on tape. Yeah. So... And that was it. that was definitely like a Saturday night movie in my house where we're like right, we've got it this is this is our evening, and it, I think I always never remember my sister being there, but it's definitely like I would be there watching the film, and it would just like I'd imagine my mind would be blowing watching fucking films like this because that was nineteen ninety six so that would have been its cinema release,
3: yeah.
0: So let's see. Yeah, so I would have been at least 11, so maybe 12 by the time we got to watch it on tape. Yeah. So.
1: One thing I always remember about The Rock is that I always remember this being the last film that Don Simpson produced.
0: Okay. I'm not familiar but, with that name.
1: Um, so, like, in the 80s and 90s, I you know, like see a Beverly Hill Cop, your Top Guns. It was Jerry Bruckheimer and Don Simpson. It was always like, can they re the road with the lightning? And the you know,
0: lightning, that? of course, aye.
1: Aye. That was Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer. Okay. Know? And uh, at the end of the film, they, can they fucking have a similar like, love and memory of Don Simpson? He died.
2: Oh, of course. And
1: I you know, died of like, heart failure. Right. Mm. Oh. And I always remember because, like, from so then on, everything since then being a Jerry Bruckheimer like, production, you uh And that's just something I've always just kind of like, remembered. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, I was looking up fucking stuff about it, like yesterday or the day before, and I'm like, pretty sure it was, uh, pretty sure it was like the year before, his like agent or something along the lines died in, like, sus- like, suspicious circumstances, like, in his, like, fucking apartment sort of thing. Or right. something, or, or, like, his garden or something like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But he just died in that actual cause like, heart failure, like, he wasn't, like, involved in the, like, the guy dying or anything, but I just, it was like, something I always remember fucking... I always remember seeing it at
0: the end of the formula, so it's always something there. That... Yeah, that's, I did notice that yesterday. I never thought to check who it was, but
3: yeah.
0: the more you know. Yeah. That was it. It was one of these things where it was like, you know, this is like a, a Jerry Bruckheimer production because even just his, um, you must collaborate a lot with maybe Hans Zimmer. Because, yeah. obviously, the fucking score to this film is amazing.
2: Yeah.
0: And, it obviously, it wasn't peak Hans Zimmer, because he was second billing to someone else on the credits. That's something else, yeah. But there was the score, when like, the action sequences were at their peak, and the music was right up there beside it, and I just felt like you kept getting little flavours of like Pirates of the Caribbean, which is also like big... Uh, Jerry Bruckheimer like uh, productions yeah. and I imagine Hands would have been in there as well but
1: oh yeah. god just I used the- to have I used to have like the entire fucking soundtrack on my iPod like for this like I fucking I love like every single track that was on that soundtrack I fucking mm-hmm. love it. and I, and in fact like you, you can't even find it on Spotify I've got like a a fucking a knockoff like it's like the Czech symphonic like fucking orchestra that's got like a a shortened version of like the fucking main like, the main theme and it's alright but it's mm-hmm. nothing as good as the actual fucking like, like soundtrack yeah? aye aye and that's yeah. thing I always about like say your Michael Bay films or can, like fucking like Hans Zimmer all the sort of I always kind to quite like a handsome one I quite like there's another one that collaborates with I think, I think he collaborated with Michael Bay on Armageddon and it's Trevor Raven Aye. right and he done the score for that and like I always quite like he done like the score for like fucking Bron Arrow and all that yeah and like I always say like fucking like, I could be like in my work like closing down like my kitchen and stuff and I'll just I'll put on like a playlist that's got all this stuff on it and like mm. fucking Oh, wait, what the fuck are we listening to? Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> shut up. That really good bit coming
0: up. So shh. Like that. <laughs> I'm clearing counters to the crescendo of, like, missiles being launched into San Francisco. Just work with me here. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. But through the fucking film, like, it is a fucking bona fide blockbuster. The action sequences, but the music matches it so well. And you can see how he evolved into, like, Armageddon because you almost... Slight similarities to it, too. But... Yeah. Fucking hell, Hans Zimmer was just... Like, just... Evolving. Like, just right it's in very, front like, of us.
1: Like, see, but, like, the music fits the tone of the form because... the Music has slight fucking... Kindle, of like, fucking... Like, army... Like... Mm-hmm an arm kinda fucking feel to it. Aye. I can like, aye. Say, like fucking can they, can like the, the can the score for fucking Die Hard 3, like whenever you see um
0: Oh Jeremy Owens.
1: aye and it's like this aye. whistling like yeah. in like we are fucking playing. Yeah. Like, it's like that. Like yeah fucking it fits with the film so well.
0: Aye. And that's it, we should probably take time to talk about how fucking good Ed Harris is in this film. Yeah. And like also the whole film kinda of opens with him. And upon like right, watching it now, because to be honest, I think I've hardly seen this film um since I was like a kid. Like watching it now I realize like, ah, they weren't killing everyone in the military base. Yes, they were wiping them out, but I was like Fucking tranquilizer darts or kicking yeah. cunts down staircases, but no one was actually getting killed. Yeah, like I kind of realized his whole purpose this time, and it's yeah. like one of these things where like, ah, he isn't just a crazy general. Like there's a purpose to like all these covered up deaths, the the fucking the families of the victims. It's yeah, like holy shit.
1: There's getting a for real going to about stuff. that like, sort of thing, eh? Mm-hmm. and that's like, there is there is reasoning behind like his actions yeah and you kind of, like as the film kind of goes along you obviously as a kid you didn't really pay attention to it but obviously when you watch like, if you watched it for the first time like just say you watched it for the first time in the last couple of years you would probably figure out that kid, he might not do it he might get cold feet and he isn't yes. it actually such a bad person
0: well yeah. that's it I mean Bang in the middle of, would you say maybe the second act, when you've got the the bath, like the shower room confrontation between uh, Ed Harris and his team against Michael Bean and his team. And when the shit hits the fan and he's just screaming, like, hold your fire, hold your fire. Like, he doesn't want fucking more deaths out of the situation. Like, he just wants justice for the fallen.
1: Yeah. I'm pretty so, sure he, he, he would be happier just taking them for fucking uh, like mere prisoners sort of thing eh? e- exactly just
2: having the are
1: like, the other like commodity of this film is the, the choice of threat they're, they're choosing to fucking like initiate the attacks with is that that fucking like seren gas or whatever it is they call it
0: I, that's fucking terrifying
1: I I always
0: remember as a kid I looked cool as fuck because there's like these giant green marbles, these big capsules of gel and only when they're broken and it just absolutely destroys the person closest like in that same space and you see that in the opening sequence when one of them accidentally drops the capsules they break and then you've got uh, David Morse quickly sealing them in the room and the guy just bubbles up
1: yeah, it's a fucking, it's a nasty, like, what was it, the fucking, like, obviously, when, when they talk about, like, obviously, when, when you get to the introduction, like, fucking, hey, like, Stan good speed and that, because mm-hmm. he's the, the FBI's, like, chief fucking, like, chemical weapons expert. He kins what it's all about, and he kins what it does, and, all that, and basically, like, fucking eats away and then it like fucking like breaks your back sort of thing and all that and it's, it's a fucking nasty thing and it like, kind yes, of reminds me like, and, like when you finally see the kiss of the dragon
2: oh aye
1: and like, like fucking just like it just causes all the blood to literally rush to your head and then aye. it just yeah it's fucking it's Man, nasty like what a
0: fucking film I haven't seen that feel like ten years. Let's not get sidetracked. But yes, yeah. the 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 guy that did in the first sequence when he's there and like you see his face all bubbling up but it's his hands. It's him yeah. looking at his own hands that's like these big fucking fake rubber hands, but they're all just
1: bubbling and swollen. fucking pear cutting it into the vat toss it waste and him Robocop.
0: Ah, uh, I didn't want to say it but exactly <laughs> that. Yes. <laughs> He's like, oh, this gun is just just fucking melting just, right in front of like us. It's like a
1: bucket, just like a lasagna that's been left in the microwave too long
0: Uh ah. <laughs> It's just the fucking sound it makes as it gets chucked in the brown bin.
3: Uh.
0: But, oh, it is. Because we don't see the effects of it a lot. You've got that in the beginning of the film, so we can see what type of devastation comes from it. Then you kind of get The explanation in the middle where uh, Stanley Goodspeed explains the fucking range, the effects. And then it's at the end when Stanley fucking rams one of them into, was it Fry's mouth? Uh, And you're just like, oh, fuck. Like that first dude was just in the same room as that chemical. And look what happened to him. Like this cunt, like "Ah, he needs fucking Robocop to run him down to get him out of his misery now and uh, it's just ugly, but it's just so fucking like, as a kid, it just looked cool because it's like, oh, it's like fucking rows of big green marbles. I mean, nowadays, it just looks like fucking stalks of anal beads. <laughs>
1: I've genuinely never ever looked at it that way. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> and,
2: <laughs> you don't no, want to drop those.
1: It's the scene where like, because you say that you now, like, oh, I'm going to get into That uh, fucking image of that in my head whenever I see um Stanley telling fucking Sean Connery be careful where he handling it. It's like, oh <laughs> when he bend the mayor.
0: Oh well, that's it. Like imagine the looking at a boy's puss as he shoved one in his mouth at the end. Uh, you never go ask the mouth.
1: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh no. Oh anyway.
0: no. <laughs> Let's switch over to, to talk about uh, Sean Connery because he is a fucking riot in this film.
1: Yeah, I, I do get a good, good laugh at him, like... Aye. Like, because just, there's a certain, like, mysteriousness about him. Like, you never get the full just like, lies in the jail and all like, fucking...
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because he you, you, you never tells anybody, like, I suppose i have never, really asked as much. Yes,
0: he's just, just so open, mysterious
1: but also when you get an introduction film, you've got, like, the slow-mo shots of, like, the keys jangling and, like, the fucking balls. You know, and he's, like it's, like, it's, like, the perfect, like, introduction. Like, you've got fucking him walking with, like, the close, the close-up shots of him in slow motion and you've got, like, William Forsyth and fucking uh, the guy that plays Womack, like Womack, Will,
0: aye, John Spencer.
1: aye, uh, like, telling you, fucking, what he's done, like, when Aye, they're him, all like, fucking
0: sweating, up. twitchy arseholes. Going, oh, they can give this guy an inch and he's fucking out of here. We've got to, we've got to be careful. We can't trust a fucking word he says. And yeah. literally, when he, they give him a fucking quarter to, oh, I reckon what was it phone someone that cares? And he was like, oh, and it all started coming back to me. He's like, oh, he uses that. Like,
1: Aye, he uses that to break the the double sided mirror in the fucking interrogation room.
0: Ah, he just by fucking jump like just chapping it with his seat to get like a sharp edge. And it is it's just that great shot where he smashes through it and he looks through and goes, Whoa Mark! and he's like, I fucking knew you would have been behind this.
3: Yeah.
0: No, I do love like Nicolas Cage's character. Like the dude is just like a chemicals expert. Yeah. I- my memory of like the opening, uh, sequence where they get the the package for was it was a Bosnia. Yeah. Aye, I I uh, I remembered it as like a practical joke. He's in the new guy, because it was him and the trainee.
2: But
1: I best I best like somebody that fucking that he actually works in the office with. Mm. I don't, I don't think he is a new guy. I think he's been there for a while. But anyway, I But it's
0: just when he's he's playing with that doll and it starts, like, fucking expelling a gas and, like, oh, shit. Like, it's literally like, stop what you're doing and just watch this fucking film. And you're like, oh, fuck. And, like, they open up and (laughs) Nick Cage is like, it's full of C4! It's like, okay, maybe they're not hazing the new guy. Maybe this is real. (laughs) Like, the dude's gloves are melting in front of him and everyone's freaking out.
1: And then they're pointing to, like, the fucking the syringe in the cabinet saying you need to let him get this in your heart, and the fucking thing
0: is huge! Aye! It's like, like, this is not pulp fiction, what's going on? And you're just thinking, it's like, aye, no, I, I was convinced that, nah, this is just a practical joke, they're just winding him up, but what if he does stab himself in the heart? And just, thankfully, with the quick thinking of Stanley Goodspeed, he stops it, and like, the whole thing it was like, right, we need showered as well. We need to get the water down. And it's like, oh, no, we've got issues with the plumbing. And they're like, what? Really? Ah. Now? Is some kind of having a shower somewhere. What's going on? How's the pressure gone? But it's just, like, obviously quite a rough day at the office. And then it cuts to him sitting at home. Yeah, at first, you're always like, he's sitting in the scud. But, no, he's just sat. In his fucking underwear, playing guitar with his young prong queen. Uh, yeah. I was gonna say bride, but that's later in the film, really. Yeah, but there's there's all these wee like little like, uh, niches I like about the character. How like he's this fucking vinyl collector that, that like, a fucking giant Beatles fan. I feel like this must be just all, like, whoever either wrote the film or if it was Michael Bay, just added, like, just all these little characteristics. Just like, yeah. oh, let's just kind of make him a bit of a geek. He loved, like, how his fucking colleague was going on to him. It's like, man, why did you pay that for a vinyl? Just get a fucking CD like the rest of us. And was like, no, no, like, this sounds better. I was like, man, this was before the fucking term hipster was coined.
1: I not know. Because I sound like, like nowadays everything's like everyone's vinyl. I like, I reckon, I reckon like vinyl sells more than what CDs do. They...
0: Probably, aye, definitely. Like that's it. People will still buy them, and like I have like a fucking record player, in my room, packed in a box, and I'm still just trying to find the perfect space, to kind of display it, and then I could sit and listen to all my fucking John Carpenter soundtracks, like a fucking little vinyl nerd myself. But I it is definitely a fucking expensive hobby, and it is probably yeah. hipstery as fuck. But it's just like, oh, imagine the thoughts of getting Halloween Three: Season of the Witch soundtrack on vinyl.
2: Woo-hoo-hoo.
0: But, no, that's stupid money. But anyway, less about that, more about um, oh. Big Sean.
1: Ah, it has, it has to be the bit where also when he
2: fucking... They take the him to the hotel? To
1: like, ah, yeah, because he says that he wants a suite and all that, and it's like... And then Womack's like, nah, he chance. And he's like, come on, he's like... Fucking, fucking, I deserve to hear a shower and a shave and all
0: that. I did like that uh, extension of the, the the interrogation sequence where they send in uh, Stanley going, uh, okay, what we have got to lose? Send in the chemical fucking expert to interrogate like to talk him around and fucking nicholas cage's characters just flying by the seat of his pants making shit up, and yeah of course you could get that yeah we'll do this don't worry and the guy's like well uh mason's like you're an educated man you can be a field agent and he's just testing him but he just gives him whatever he wants so he's just kind of looking into the mirror like Stanley going, we could do that, right? Hey, Alright, let's give him a sweet at this fucking at the Hilton and he'll get a shower and a shave. And it's just the little characters of this film I love.
1: Oh like, the, the hairdresser. fucking the
0: hairdresser. Like, you can't make that character nowadays.
2: Yeah. Like, that's
1: that's all
0: types of insensitive, but I still fucking laughed out loud when Mason's making his getaway there's fucking gunfire, everything's going off, he runs into the elevator, gets the button, and the fucking hairdresser's there, Calvin freaking out, he's like, I don't give a fuck about what's going on, but all I want to know is, are you happy with your haircut?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just... I laugh at that. Oh, it's so fucking daft, but it's amazing.
1: I do get a laugh as well, though, like, when, when obviously, he's fucking sitting aside getting his hair cut, and you obviously... The salon guy's been talking to Womack and all that, and he's like, "Oh, the messenger's like, is he's not very nice, is he?" <laughs> and, I, and he's just like, nah
2: he's
1: no." And it's, it's like star that really like, ingenious plan as well, like, where, like where he cuts back to, like, where he's in the shower, and aye, he's him getting all the, the string,
2: aye.
0: And, and that's like, it. He's so elaborate. Like the the man is like a genius. He could figure these things out. Like gather all these resources and then execute when the time's right like when he gets to fucking shake Womack's hands and he just fucking yeah. strings them up and throws them off the balcony and all cunts too busy it's like tucking into the buffet to <laughs> hear <here. Yeah. laughs> oh. and that's it it just fucking tests Stanley like, because that's he's a
2: fucking you know,
1: that leaves an absolutely fucking brilliant like 10 minute chasing between him and fucking just because he steals a guy's fucking Humvee uh, Outside yep. of the hotel,
0: aye, and fucking Stanley gets a a Ferrari, yeah. and uh, the only way I know that is just because that dude on the dirt bike at the end is like, dude, you just fucked up your Ferrari. He's like, it's not mine, and he just kicks the kid off his dirt bike.
1: And then, like, you talk about like wee characters as well, like you get the wee like,
0: the dude on the, the tram,
1: big, the dude, the black guy in the tram, and all yeah, that. he's
2: fucking so brilliant. Fucking happy
1: and aye, then also the time everything goes and then the fucking that's when the trams blow up and all you aye. see him standing around like the burning terrain he's
2: like
1: I'm putting this motherfucker down he ain't gonna
0: bleed aye he's waiting for it so happy he looks like a fucking scout leader he's like we're gonna have a great day and it's like I'm gonna find you I'm gonna fucking kill you and he's just going off on one and he's like oh like I don't even know who that guy is but I want to fucking film with him Look at him! <laughs> He's got a fucking plot with vengeance. Yeah, and it is. It's just that that was that must have been a fucking expensive act action, action sequence because you had the
2: explosions.
1: Was, well, I was watching like also. Well, like, when I started kind of doing this, like the last year, I was like, I done it related like, to Independence Day and fucking uh, Cable Guy, and I was like, I was watching like. Behind the scenes stuff on like YouTube and all that, and right. like that was like one of the more expensive like shots of fun because it was it was actually filmed on in San Francisco. Where,
2: Jesus, like
1: half the street was like taped off and all that, and like it mm-hmm. was an actual tram they used. Mm-hmm. But what they done was was they hoisted the tram up underneath, like fucking like something that could like. Cause it to like jump up, like it wasn't actually, and like, like, like they never actually blew it up, but the like, the it was like it was like fucking CGI flames they use, like they, ah. they put like they put flames around it to make it look like it blew it up.
0: Right, well that, that was it because I was going to say like Michael Bay's hand would have been forced because I felt like this was at a stage where computer CGI wasn't really necessary, like all the th- the elements of this film are still kind of grounded in reality. Like, there wasn't any Transformers. He didn't need to rely on special effects to do all the work. But still, I guess, and it's impressive because I would have never have thought, like, parts of those explosions being CGI, but still just the visual of that tram flying off of the ground. Yeah. It's pretty major.
1: Yeah, like, they show you as well, like, you know, the shot at the end when the F-15 bombs the fucking island. Aye. And they show you how they do that. So what they do is is they've got this blue screen and Mm -hmm. they've got this like canister and it's there's a camera it's like 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 Los Angeles is like the highest fucking construction crane. Right. And the the camera looking down and they make an explosion out of barrels and what they do is, is they take that explosion and then they fucking digitally put it on a person. A person's actually they would use like a a helicopter to like fly to the island and like take like tracking shots. Yeah. And they they layer the fucking explosion over like the photo of the fucking island and all that.
2: So complex.
1: I know, and it's, it's like they like, thought, oh, like, that's this you this new wonderful technology like fucking Microsoft (laughs) Paint and all
2: that it's like (laughs) Microsoft
1: Paint oh that's it Uh,
0: the fact that you said blue screen like just dates it itself yeah the fact that everything now is behind a fucking green screen but that's it they definitely did start with blue screens
1: yeah and like as well like the scene where like Stanley's fucking holding the the glow sticks, the signal obviously, like that's actually a stunt double that's like holding sticks on the ground and like the F 15s are coming towards them, they're all digitally put in.
0: Ah, right, because that's a fucking, I would say, is a real iconic shot of the film. Yeah. Because it's it's like, at the moment I was like, right, okay, just bomb Alcatraz and He's there with the fucking flares trying to cancel it off. And it's just him, the flares, the smoke, and then the fucking fighter jets shooting past him. Like, there's like, man, that's, this is a Michael Bay film. But I always forget that there's like one pilot, that's like, shit, too late, I've already just prematurely fired a missile. Uh, <laughs> you can just get to see that fucking shot of Nick Cage's stunt double flying into the water.
1: They're obviously like 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 kind of back to like the whole like Mason's escaped and all, like when they do catch up with him they're gonna also put him back in the cage and all that but then
2: Aye.
1: he then he's then like getting briefed by Michael Bean's character about mm-hmm. like the how we get into arbitrage, and we have got the blueprints and that and it's like it's like it's fine, he's like I'll i will all come back to me every time I'm on the plane and Walmart's like you're not gone eh? Ah, I, that's the, it. Like, I need to be there. I need to fucking memorise like where the fuck I am because it could, can, it could have changed.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's it. It was like opposite story when it comes to good speed. It was that like, right? You're going on an island too? Is like, no, no, no? I thought I was just here for intelligence. It was like, no, no. Yeah. You're on the island as well, pal. And there''s it it's just such an elaborate uh, way for them to break into Alcatraz. Where it was like, right, we need you to fucking uh, do a wee tuck and roll through the furnace to get to the door. And uh, you're just thinking, what? And you've got fucking Mason putting on his Tammy, like his
1: uh,
2: getting
1: very... I've seen him before he does that, and he talks about it, and he's like, oh, it's like Kenny's like, 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 I'm sure like fucking Mason used to be saying to him, about, oh, you will be used to like, can like, like when he was in like prison and all like, this, this type of time is obviously in plenty of folk trying to get done. he's like but he's like luckily for me I think I've lost my sex appeal
0: oh yeah they're talking there's like a a fucking joke about gang rape yeah and I was like uh, Jesus
1: Christ
0: <laughs> let's add that on the list of other things you cannot make a joke of nowadays like fucking getting gang raped in prison and him losing his sex appeal because they're not passing him around the cell block but oh, <laughs> it was—it was just that iconic moment of where he does his little tuck and roll through, and think, like, "Oh, great! Now he's just fucked off. We've lost him. Like we've given him his chance, and he's out of here." Then he just cracks the door open. And he's like, "Welcome to the Rock," and he's just like, "Man, this fucking film."
1: Ah, I then obviously that kind of leads us to the, the the infamous fucking toilet standoff
2: scene oh yes Aye.
1: The, the funniest thing about this scene is the fact that it's garnered some sort of like fucking folklore and like inspiration and stuff and it's it was used as a like an actual mission in the campaign in Modern Warfare 2 like we're in the gulag and stuff
2: All right.
1: and I like the actual the the actual I think it was like well, um Art Division coming to say they used that scene as like inspiration for like that mission level was it's in the fucking like there also is a scene really like, trying to get out, out of the fucking like the prison basically. Aye. And you've got like a rational but you've got like like soldiers shooting down at you for so, like fucking up above and all that.
0: Right. Uh, 'cause that's it's definitely what that that moment where Michael bean's character has got them in and then they they find their way to the shower room, but they trigger those little light bulb sensors that they have like yeah like they're just really complex, but it's enough to fucking, like they're smart enough to know that they're there, and it's just a standoff That like Ed Harris has it right he's like we've got an elevated position down on your team. Didn't they try anything. Yous are fucked. And what was it? It was like some of leaning over a ledge and there's just like bricks falling. And it gives the impression of gunfire and this fucking team just freaks out and fires. Yeah. And it's, again, slow motion goodness. Just people being riddled with bullets Dying in slow motion, and then you have the terrified expressions of like Mason, Goodspeed, and that one uh, like Hispanic guy that's not to leave their sides. Yeah, until he does, only to get shot between the eyes. And it is it is a like an iconic sequence, but it's a fucking bloodbath at the same
2: time.
1: Yeah, like one of the. Points as well as obviously like there's no really, really, really talked about the actual like group of marines that fucking uh, humbles assisted uh, at the Aye,
0: because that's it. You've got a few characters in it.
1: I mean, yeah, you've got, um, you've got like uh, David Morse as a uh, Tom Bastard, He's like his, I like guess, second in command. Eh?
0: Yeah. Then you've got uh, the 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 janitor for Scrubs. What was it John C. McGinty or? Ah, uh,
1: yeah, I almost forget
0: he was. Uh, mm-hmm. Then um the that black dude.
1: Uh, Tony Todd. Yeah, uh, fucking Candyman. Captain Darrow. Aye, Captain Darrow.
0: Aye, and that's it. He, it's him and the other guy, Fryer, like the two wildcards. Like they come in separate when they're on the island already. And it's yeah. like, they're just agents of chaos. They don't fucking care about um like uh, Hamill's motives. Like they're kind of up for it, but they definitely really are looking forward to firing some missiles into San Francisco.
3: Yeah.
0: And this like, oh I definitely I'm, I've got a fucking hard on for this. Let's get it done. And the other dude it was like, oh, it God something bovine.
1: Oh, yeah,
0: aye, I, it. Yeah, the other young
2: black Boy, actor.
1: Aye. Uh, he's kind so, of, like, conflicted. He's, he's like, the one that couldn't, he thinks that can just there for a laugh sort of thing, eh?
0: Aye. Well, that's it, when he's kind of taken under the wing of Fry and the, the other dude, the, the Candyman actor. They're just yeah. like, ah, fuck. Between a rock and a hard place of who, who do you side with?
1: Yeah, because obviously he's like, with Fry and Daryl, they're the ones that are like wanting them to fucking, fucking, wanting to chase them up on like the deadline for the money and like Frank and uh, Bastard are kind of patiently waiting, because I think, I think Bastard and Hummelkins are fucking like, like, they were never going to get the money in the first place. And I and it was kind of like, they were, they were never going to do it anyway.
0: Well, aye, that's, I think they, uh, they were probably hoping to get the money, but yeah, I don't think they actually wanted to cause more damage, like,
1: yeah.
0: like cause any fatalities out of it. They just really wanted to force the government's hand. Aye.
1: Like we so that's have... What, um, that's what I say Like, um, like we bluffed, they called it. You yeah. Know, so they've been caught basically, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And it is. I liked
0: how you had uh, Stanley going around sort of disarming the Rockets by taking aye. out, like, the Holman chip.
1: Guidance ships, aye. That's it,
0: aye. And it is. It's just when it gets to, like, that third act and it all kind of kicks off where, like, Hummel's lost control of, like, the team. But by that point, Goodspeed and Mason are, like, right in there as well. And then more or less, they do have to kind of go against the last two guys, like yeah. Fry and the other dudes. But
1: I do like also when they get, like, caught near the end mm-hmm. and they wind up in the cells, like, fucking one floor above each other. Aye. And fucking, like, Stanley's, like, asking the question, fucking, like, how do you manage to get out of his cell? and while like, he's like sitting on his bed fucking singing away like fucking mason's already ripping apart his fucking mattress
0: ah he's got it's his wee makeshift really like... fucking ah, right. It's almost, done...
1: like a, almost like a a, handle for a lever sort of thing eh?
0: aye and he's sitting swinging it for one side the cell to the other and he's opening the fucking wrong cell door.
1: <laughs> it's a look he there when he opens the wrong door. Ah he's like, for fuck's sake.
0: And you've got good speeds like traumatised by the the black dude that threatened. Like, what was it? I'm gonna we're gonna gut you boy. Uh, and he's just lying there, repeating the line over and over and he's like, oh that's that's Nicolas Cage. That's the Nick Cage, the rage in the cage coming out there. We're like, we're going to get you, boy. And he's like, oh, he's just getting crazy. He's being they
1: pushed. Get, because he wants to get out. Mason gets out of his cage. And, Aye. His... and then it's fact that, like, fucking Mason walks past. And he's like, I'm trying to see that, son. Aye. And
2: he
1: just walks away. And it's like, ooh. It
2: is. That's
0: good. And it's, it's, it's like when you get all like, you're sort of quite, like, the the fucking, the moment where the shit hits the fan and Hummel's shot, you're just thinking, man, you hope the dude actually deserves better, but the fucking circumstances, and then, like, our dude for, like, the candy man, like, the fact that they've gone rogue, like, they're the true baddies, like, they're uh, the real evil behind it.
1: <clears throat> I do like the fucking the wee one-liner between Goodspeed and fucking Darrow, where he's, like, standing in front of the rocket.
0: Oh, um, yeah, the rocket man joke. Yeah. And he's like, I did
1: enter any of that soft shit. And then just, like, fucking hit some of the rocket, and then fucking he, like he falls, what, twenty thirty 30 feet, and gets impaled on a fucking fence.
0: Mm-hmm. It was a good payoff. Halt. Like that's it. Even though I haven't seen the film, in what feels like ten years, I always remember the Rocket Man gag.
1: Do uh, like obviously like when fucking when the managed to like fucking can survive the explosion and that, and everybody's done and every, like everyone's fixed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You get that wee spiel between fucking Goodspeed and Mason and all that, and. It, he gives him that bit of paper with their address on it.
0: Oh, yes, to do with, like, the microfilm, fucking based yeah. the backstory.
1: Yeah. And fucking... <laughs> and then, obviously, like, it cuts to, like, fucking... Obviously, speaks to, fucking, oh, a volume 4 size character. What's his name again? Eh,
0: uh, Paxton.
1: Aye, Paxton, aye. and was, like, oh, like, fucking... Like, is vaporized it, and then obviously fucking one comes in and obviously want to see the body in it and he's like, like <laughs>
2: he's
1: like is it like, can, can the body really do that and it's like oh, aye. and he just kinda of looks at him as if to say
2: nah
1: then and then it cuts to like the wee fucking scene with the wee Volkswagen Beetle. Mm-hmm. They just come running at this fucking church with the fucking With
0: the fucking padre chasing, chasing them.
1: Uh, like, sh- I was screaming vandal and all that, and he's got this wee microfilm and it, And then it ends with that fucking bit about saying that, like, do I find out who really killed JFK? And it's like, hmm.
0: uh, I feel like that almost was like the fucking origin for like the National Treasure films.
2: Mm.
0: Like this is just fucking Stanley going full tilt.
1: And something like that, obviously, like, fucking, <clears throat> like, when they come into church right, and as they're driving, I away, mean, like, it's that, that wee tiny bit of score that plays when he's reading the fucking film, and that just ends the film, like, mm-hmm. perfectly.
0: And you know what? One character we've actually missed altogether. Mason's daughter, Claire Forlund, Forlantini.
1: Uh... Um, ah,
0: yeah, she was in Morats. So. Yes, and in 1996, could it? That was kind of shit. When did Clerks come out? Wasn't Clerics like '94? Then Morats '96.
1: Morats were '95.
0: Right. Oh, so this is after Morats. Now you could just imagine Jeremy London fucking meeting Sean Connery as the dad. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can see why I got dumped. But it was like, well, she only kind of got one scene in the film. It had that nice moment of where, obviously, he's escaped the FBI. Claire Forliani, Forliani, and fucking Stanley figures it out, and then all the police are on him. And she's like, you broke out of prison again, didn't you? And he was trying to mumble his way out of it. And fucking Stanley's like, oh, there you are, Mason, we need you for this super fucking extreme personal investigation, we need you now, and he's like, what? He's like, yeah, your dad's working with the FBI on a top secret case, and it's just kind of like that nice little moment that even fucking Mason thanks him after it, Yeah. Uh, and you just imagine, but- well, he gets that <laughs> second out after it, where it's like, all the cases has happened, and he's like, we've come up with ideas, All right? you're vaporised, uh yeah, he didn't make it, and he kind of gives him the look. of Obviously, like, right now's your cue to fuck off.
1: Aye, uh, because he tells them to go back to the hotel or something, innit? And he's got like money in, like his suit.
0: Oh, aye, there's like two hundred dollars in a Bible.
1: Aye, because she's like he's like like we never getting a clarification if she's his biological daughter or if it's like a stepdaughter or something, innit?
0: Well, I gave the impression that it was biological because it wasn't like he broke out of prison, went to a Led Zeppelin concert, and uh, shagged her mum. yeah, and aye. Never met her until like there's a photo, and then it was just like fucking Sean Connery shows up twenty years later.
1: Yeah. At least he never showed up with a long hair.
0: Aye, true.
1: Looking a bit better dressed at that point.
0: <laughs> Aye uh, You got any notes left?
1: Uh, nah Everyone's actually covered
0: Cool man Um, So uh, Is it that point now In the night Where we kind of Swing across to the BBT?
1: Aye Yeah yeah We're all sitting here Okay What do you think The budget was for Bear in mind This is Base Second film Right after Bad Boys
0: Okay, so they kind of be giving him a hundred million at this point. Um, eighty. Oh,
1: close seventy-five million.
0: All right, okay. Because that's It's kind of that fine line of okay, yeah. expensive production. You're yeah. paying for Sean yeah. Connery, Nicholas Cage. Is like he's later nineties is when he peaks. Now,
2: obviously,
0: yeah. uh, Face Off followed after this, didn't it?
1: Aye, Face Off and Con Air was a year after.
0: Yeah, so that's it. Like, he hasn't peaked yet. So his price would have been slowly going up, but obviously, I bet they still paid a pretty penny to get Sean on board. And then, of course, all those expensive action sequences. So,
2: 75
0: yeah. is reasonable.
1: I mean, I'm mm. actually, tempt- I'm actually like, intrigued to go back and look at what his budget was for Bad Boys and then look at what his budget was for Armageddon. Also, we covered oh, the BB Armageddon that fucking, I'm sure the budget in Armageddon was like fucking at least 100 mil.
2: Mm-hmm. Of course.
1: there anyway. What do you reckon? Do you reckon it made back of money?
0: Had toff. And uh, I've done a quick Google. Uh, Bad Boys was 19 million
1: 19? for a budget. 19. Not bad. But like, mm. what
0: was it? What was it? Say, box office? It? Cause that made a lot of money as well. a uh, one hundred and forty-one million.
1: Sorry, what's that? A uh, mil?
0: I made. Yeah, one hundred and twenty on top. So,
1: uh right. So for this, for the Rock,
0: had to have been quarter of a mil. Wait, what? What was the? Was it? Did you say domestic or was it worldwide? Ah,
1: domestic.
0: Okay, domestic, uh, hundred million.
1: Uh a bit there. Uh, domestic was a hundred and thirty-four
2: million. Right, okay.
1: And then global was
2: 200.9 uh, million. mil.
1: Yeah. So it was. I made three, like three hundred and uh, thirty-five mil. Decent. Three hundred and thirty-five mil not bad. I can't considered, and is that was considered a fucking a huge bit of profit. Totally. Three bits of trivia here. Okay. Arnie was considered for the role of uh, John Patrick Mason.
0: Ah, I I, I could kind of see that.
1: Uh, yeah, they, I, he, I, um, he pulled it. I can't remember what fucking reason was he pulled it for. Um, but he has come out and said that fucking he regretted it because of like how fucking big the film was. Aye, you know? totally. And then he kind of almost plays like see that that film he's done with Stallone, that Escape Plan. he's kind of almost got. All oh, right, the same story arc. he's got like a mysterious background that he didn't really kind of tell like about. It. it was Don Simpson was the the key influence on creating the character of fucking uh, Francis Hummel after seeing a a TV special like in the early ni- in the early 1990s about fucking an army colonel that like was like doing stuff for like getting getting, getting justice for like like fallen comrades that weren't like acknowledged you know like the families won to after them. that was that was his key basis in creating the character of Francis Hummel.
0: Well, that's a, you definitely sympathise with his character. When yeah. they kind of explain what was going on when people do these secret missions, never got fucking any compensation for their families. It's like, right, enough. Like, he had a good
1: motive. I still think it's fucking killed. the fact that when they're, he's having that conversation with all these fucking big heads like the army and the FBI and all that and he's like giving away classified fucking information like it's fucking nothing eh?
0: Aye. We're talking about the the, the fucking offshore slush fund. Aye. Yeah. Like this is again the fucking second film with Independence Day where they fucking drop Roswell as well.
1: Aye. Yeah. Aye. The third one is probably one of my favourite ones actually was it? Sean Connery insisted on having a cabin brought to the fucking like Alcatraz Island because obviously they filmed on Alcatraz Island,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, because they didn't want to have to keep traveling between that and the mainland all the time. Right. Yeah. Obviously, because it's Sean Connery, Sean Connery gets what he wants.
2: Aye,
0: well, that's I always <laughs> remember this one. Brilliant. Uh, was it not like an a famous outtake? where there's, like, an elevator... It's the scene where he runs to the elevator door. And he runs to the elevator, and as the door's closing, and in actuality, he's pressing a button, and nothing's happening. And he's just like, FUCKING CLOSE! CLOSE! <laughs> oh, I need to find out, takes. So it was a brilliant moment where he just loses his temper at the fucking I elevator at- doors. Oh,
1: my God, that's a uh, fucking... I was looking up, like, behind-the-scenes stuff last night. Mm-hmm on the list was like, fucking, uh oh, where is it, where is it, where is it, like, there's, there's, like, outtakes, and I, I'm going to have to watch it after this, like, well, there you go, I would slash slush, I'm going to have to watch after this, like.
0: Aye, because it's a fucking priceless moment I've kind of seen, like, taken from there and just shared where it just, it like, gets there and he's pressed and nothing happens and he just fucking loses it. Uh, Aye, so, yeah, that's, that's some fucking trivia, Mike. I uh, know. Anyway, um, next time on the Films and Swearing Movie podcast, we're concluding our 1996 season with the horror genre. Can you guess which iconic horror film we're going to be covering? Hit us up on social media at FAS Podcast and at Mikey Van B for Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Let us know what you think we're going to be talking about. But ladies and gentlemen, it is that time of the night. Bugger off and tune in next time.